0: Sign up today for your risk free thousand dollar sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy.
1: Welcome in, uh, Ethan kicking us off with a very uh, friendly and helpful and appreciative super chat 3030. The closer is o- the closer is opening with a belated happy birthday to Nick. Thank you so much. Yeah, I was uh, just turned 30 yesterday. Had a really good day. Woke up at about, you know, 3.30, 4 a.m. and climbed a mountain, uh, nine miles, f- over 4,000 feet of elevation gain. So I am tired today, but it was a great day. Great way to start it off and then head to a brewery and uh, had a few too many of those well. So I'm, I'm exhausted today, but we're here. We're going to talk a little bit of quarterbacks. Let's get into everybody in here. We got Dave Glassman sending some hearts here. We got uh, Jeremy Sean saying, new pod name the two old men for breakfast oh Jer- Jeremy that's rude that's rude <laughs> the two oldies for Brecky I like that one um thank you so much we got Michael Ronquillo in the house good morning guys EJ's also here good morning Nick in Broncos country Scott letting everybody know him scenes in the background today has a sty in his right eye is gonna be uh, out there Scott you're still beautiful uh, in my opinion so don't let the sty hold you down EJ's in the house. James is in the house, too. Hi, all interested in these rankings and thoughts on those seniors. Hey, Scott, hope you get rid of that quick. Very annoying for sure. Uh, we got Richard coming in here. Belated Happy birthday, Nick. I think Richard sent me a tweet yesterday that made me laugh a lot, saying, like, statistically, it's better to live another year than not. Good good tweet there, Richard. Uh, Luke Wright, good morning. EJ's in the house. Uh, we got, I'll let Scott's pull some up here, but let's get into it, guys. Obviously, I am Nick Kendall, and um, I'm with you guys every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday morning. Four Broncos for breakfast. Scott is taking a day off Is of sense. He's still here working, but he'll be here and uh, hopefully be with us tomorrow. But either way, running solo today, going to have a little bit of a quicker show. And uh, because it's just me not talking the whole time myself, um, I'm going to be leaning on you guys in the chat to have the conversation with me. We always do that, but it's a, it's a really true when you're flying solo. So what we're getting into today, coming out of the senior bowl and three practices and the game, top six quarterback rankings, my personal top six quarterback rankings coming out of the senior bowl. Now I still have a lot of tape to work on. These are far from final evaluations, but, uh, like I said, coming into, gosh, I guess coming into the off season, top six quarterbacks for me really jumbled, needed more data points, needed to see a lot of these guys throw side by side, uh, in reps in practice, et cetera, et cetera. And here, what comes out of the senior bowl before I could start to separate the quarterbacks here. Um, so we're going to kick it right off here. Actually, let's say hello to the little people in here. Kayleon Green. Good to see you, Kayleon. hope you're doing well. Doug Freeland. Good morning, guys. Is eight a new start time? No, eight is not a new start time. Nick went live at eight because he does not think he could do a full hour, uh, talking by himself after having a long day yesterday. So just a, just a quicker show today. Um, Muhammad's in the house. Scott is MI. Scott's here. Scott's in the background. He's the one pulling these up right now. Make sure you say hi to Scott. Um, don't say anything that, uh, would hurt his feelings because he's watching. Um, <laughs> and, uh, Scott is pulling a Chris Elliott from there's something about Mary. Okay. I've, uh, I, I understood that reference. I'm not that old. Um, but, uh, thank you guys so much. Let's get into it. And I did have a wonderful birthday. I'm tired. It's going to be, today's going to be a long, rough day, but, uh, appreciate it. I'll post, I posted some pictures on Twitter yesterday. It was beautiful. I mean, I don't, I don't know how familiar you guys are with this area, but climbed mailbox peak could see the whole Olympic range could see Seattle off in the distance, Mount Rainier, and then off to the the North uh, could see glacier and Mount Baker. So clear. So beautiful. Gotta love it.
0: Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. Tick Pick is the exclusive ticketing partner find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first
1: order of Broncos tickets. Uh, beautiful day the dog took the dog with me too. longest hike of his life. Uh, nine miles, 4,000, but he's, he was up to it. He's doing well. Uh, Peter coming in. How high would you draft a quarterback of this draft? Will there be one drafted top 10? Peter, thank you so much for the, what I'm assuming is stars. Cause you're always so, so generous for the shows. And uh, we appreciate that so much. Um, How high would I draft a quarterback in this draft? Not in the top 10. I personally wouldn't. Um, I tend to trust the tape more than the recency bias and the hype coming out of the senior bowl. There is one though. If, everything uh was everything else the intangibles the intelligence etc uh really really um stood out then I would take this guy but I'm gonna put that in my back pocket for now because I want to go six to one in my quarterback rankings. the number one guy will get into it number six for me quarterback I, and let me preface this before we even get started I like all six of these quarterbacks I really do I think they're solid quarterbacks do I think any of them are going to be are, are the Caliber of prospects of some of the guys last season or some of the top prospects at the quarterback position over the last decade? No. Uh, I think a lot of these guys are round two grades historically. But I mean, Drew Locke was a round two grade. I thought Daniel Jones was a round two grade. I think that's the caliber of quarterback prospect we're talking about here. That doesn't mean they're going to be those guys in the NFL, but right now, as prospects, that's where we're at. So, number six for me, um, I have Carson Strong, quarterback, Nevada. I thought he had a fine weekend mobile. I thought he was okay. I thought he moved around within the pocket and showed pocket maneuverability keyword maneuverability was fine. Um, kept his eyes downfield, delivered some nice balls, uh, vertically. I think he has pretty good touch down the field. I thought a few of his throws were somewhat weird where he was almost putting like way too much air under them down the field. Um, but Carson strong is there for me. Why Carson strong six. I have a, A man's got to have a code, right? As they say, a man's got to have a code. And one of my codes is, if my pocket does not have the athleticism to stress defenses on third down and make them think about playing man coverage with no eyes in the backfield, I want them to pay. Carson Strong, while he looked okay in the pocket, maneuvering the pocket, he is not an athletic threat. Whatsoever, and it's not going to get better. If anything, his athleticism will deteriorate the longer he is in the league. So Carson Strong is six for me. I also had hoped coming into the Senior Bowl his arm would flash more than it had. Um, he has a fine arm, and I had a lot of people tell me and uh, on Twitter and one on in a couple different communities that Carson Strong would have the best arm down in Mobile, and I would argue that he might have not even had the second best arm. He might have had the third or fourth best arm down there in Mobile. So the fact that he has no mobility or not no he has pocket maneuverability but he's not mobile that's a that's a different thing um he can he can move around in the pocket fine but his arm doesn't explode the ball doesn't explode out of his hand and he has a degenerative knee issue so all those things together think he's fine if you took him in the second round okay that's that's honestly no issue with that but i'm going to rank him 6 after the uh the top 6 guys so number 5 then i'm going to come in with uh, Desmond Ritter. And this isn't just the Senior Bowl, guys. Um, I see Scott talking here. I'm going to have Matt Corral in this list as well. Um, So number five for me is going to be Desmond Ritter. Um, He is height, weight, speed guy, a little bit thin, has a decent arm, um, no doubt, but he's a little bit erratic with his accuracy. But everybody talks about Desmond Ritter, the person, as being an incredible leader. Um, One of the main reasons that... Cincinnati Bearcat team turned around is because of the leadership and direction of Desmond Ritter. He has a lot of years of solid tape, and he is probably one of the best pre and post snap processors in this class. They give him a lot of reads to make. Uh, to me, Desmond Ritter, I think, is a very, very safe and high end backup kind of quarterback. So if you had a quarterback that had one to two years left on their deal um, and then would uh, you'd come into them And maybe they need to come in and start for like a Matt Ryan to say, or two or three years down the road. I would be interested in a Desmond Ritter in that role. I think he's a great leader. I think he works extremely hard. It sounds like he's very intelligent. Uh, There's an interview out there with uh, Jordan Palmer, who he's working under Carson Strong and Desmond Ritter are both working under Jordan Palmer, where they just rave about Ritter's work ethic um, and intelligence. So Ritter's five for me, solid athlete. He's, I like him a lot. Um, So let's get to some of these super chats here. So number six, Carson Strong, number five, Desmond Ritter. Uh, we'll keep back. We'll put a pin in it. I, we skipped over a couple here that uh, because I was on a rant, <laughs> I didn't want to uh, skip those over. Um, We got Mark Schrader coming here. Mark has been such a big supporter. Mark probably found the channel two or three weeks ago, but man, he's been coming in almost every single show and being a big, huge supporter for us. So thank you so much, Mark. We appreciate the heck out of you. And if you have any questions for us, hit us up. Peter Middleton coming in saying uh, thank you for the birthday wishes, Peter. I appreciate that. And for the support always on the show. Uh, how high would you draft a quarterback in the draft? Will there be one draft in the top 10? Saw this one. Um, I wouldn't draft from the top 10. Will there be one drafted in the top 10? I think there will be. Um, I definitely think there will be. This is not only because the boomer bust on the quarterback is for the hit rate on the quarterback is the payoff is incredibly different. Like if you get a good edge rusher at 10 versus a good quarterback at 10 magnitude magnitudes of difference for your franchise. Uh, so I definitely think somebody will take one in the top 10. There's enough quarterback desperate teams in the NFL where either somebody takes one that's already in the top 10. I'm looking at the giants with two pick two picks. I'm looking at the Carolina Panthers at six, looking at Denver at nine. I'm also looking at a bunch of teams, maybe trying to trade up the saints, the, the Steelers. Uh, those are two, the Washington commanders. I'm going to have to get that one, right? Those are all teams that I think could jump up uh, the Minnesota Vikings also teams that could jump up. So there will be, I would bet there will be one drafted in the top 10 of the cycle. I would not personally do it though. That's just, it's a little bit rich for me. If one of these guys, intangibles, were off the charts though, maybe could come around from him. But based on the tape, not there. Michael Ronquillo, good morning, Nick, on Broncos for breakfast. Go Broncos. Hopefully I'm doing well, guy. You got to actually, you know what's, Scott, this is the worst thing about this doing the solo. I have this nice thing of hot coffee here that I haven't even taken a sip yet. I'm going, going cold. All right. It's starting to go cold. So I need to take a sip here, everybody. Just give me, give me one second. All right, back at it. Um, Thank you so much, Michael, for the stars and the support. You're great. And uh, I will take a breath. <sighs> there we go. <laughs> Thanks, Scott. Um, Coming back at it here. I think I saw a few more questions here about Ike McQuanu. There was a super chat about Ike McQuanu, But first, we'll get to Miguel coming in. Good morning to you, Miguel. Good morning, fellas. If you guys can see these guys are late round one to round two quarterbacks, you know the NFL teams do, too. I don't see Peyton getting reckless this year if he didn't last year. The thing is, every single year, it only takes one team to fall in love with a guy. So while I personally see these as late round one to day two quarterbacks, uh, these teams are, A, working with different priors. Uh, they have different opinions on these guys. They have more information. And also scheme fit is key. Uh, some of, Not every single one of these guys is going to fit every single scheme in the league. Uh, we could see it with the uh, whichever team the Jets were. Working with, they were doing a lot of quick game underneath stuff and allowing the others, uh, the other team with Malik Willis and Sam Howell, the, D- the Detroit team, to throw it down the field a little bit. Maybe those quick game guys are not going to be able to uh, work in the Shanahan, or would would work better in the Shanahan scheme. And maybe that's a question for Sam Howell for Malik Willis in comparison to a Kenny Pickett of sorts. So we'll see. Um, I don't, but I don't see Peyton getting reckless. All it takes is falling in love with one guy. And I think another caveat for this draft class is that it's not a good draft class on the whole. It's not like you're going to be passing on a Micah Parsons, a Rashawn Slater, uh, gosh, Patrick Sertan, uh, those caliber of guys, a Penny Sewell at nine by taking a quarterback. I don't think you're missing on those elite talents. So maybe you talk yourself into it this season because of the other talent available. Like The year that I think of is 2011, where your options were like Tyron Smith, Julio Jones, J.J. Watt, or at quarterback behind door number two, Christian Ponder, uh, Blaine Gabbert, uh, Jake Locker. like That that would be th- n- terrible if that happened. I don't think it's that kind of draft class this year where it's elite future Hall of Famers versus the quarterback position. So not, I think maybe somebody could talk themselves into it given what else is available. Arthur Eugene Spooner over on Twitch. Good to see you, Arthur. Hope you're doing well. Hey, Nick, is there a parallel universe where Aquanu slips to nine and Karloft is in the second round? <laughs> I love the parallel universe talk. A lot of fun on that one. Who knows what happens, right? A butterfly, uh, the butterfly effect. But I think there is a chance this happens. But I think it's minuscule. Carl um, Loftus, even though maybe the team's looking for the four-three stylish edge with concerns about length. Um, we'll see how he measures at the combine. But there's some talk that he has sub thirty-three inch arms, which would be a problem for the edge rushing spot. That he could fall to the second. Iquano fall into nine though. That seems unlikely unless he has a horrid combine or he measures suboptimally and has to play guard instead. And then I don't even know if I, if he's a guard, then I don't know if I want to use a top 10 pick on him, but uh, definitely possible. I really like a I think he would be awesome in the outside zone scheme, allowing him to play right tackle. Uh, He's going to have to work on his pass sets early on in the drop back pass game. Some of his pass reps are ugly feet way too close together, hands uh, far apart and high sometimes, but so strong. Uh, a great mover in space. I mean, no, no player in this class, no offensive player in this class has the same strength as a Um, so it'd be a lot of fun. Thank you so much for your question, Arthur. Um, let's keep it rolling. Scott, let's keep, uh, if there's any more in here, I swear I saw some more in here. Here we go. Peter Middleton. Will one of these quarterbacks be available on day three? If not, which day three quarterback would you like to choose? Uh, none of the ones that I mentioned will be available on day three. Maley Bailey's happy will be possible. Um, as far as day three quarterbacks go, one who sticks out to me is, I think his I can't remember his first name. I want to say it's Dustin Crum, um, but it's Crum from Kent State. Uh, he is a, shined a little bit at the Shrine Bowl, um, has a little bit of arm talent and touch, but quarterback is such a have or have not position with arm talent. Um, there's a big reason that we have not seen Brett Rippon, right? That, that kind of thing where it just does not have enough juice. And a lot of times if you're at the Shrine Bowl or not, and not at the Senior Bowl, so far, historically, the last few years, means you're probably not an NFL guy, but uh, Crum interests me a bit. Um, also, shout out back. I want to shout out again to Schrader for the, what is it, 1,500 stars. God bless you, man. That's awesome. Thank you so much. That is, that's so much. That's, that's incredible. Uh, Pete Schrader. Yeah, Mark Schrader coming in. Uh, thank you so much. Nick, assuming no major fallers fall for us at nine and could, and could find a taker. What is your thinking on moving down some? I would love it. Um, I would be all about it. I think that the ninth overall pick this year is not, inherently that different than the 25th pick honestly i don't think you're gonna get a no doubt blue chipper obviously the earlier pick because you have a chance to evaluate more guys and more guys at your disposal uh you have a better chance to hit but i just don't think the grades are going to be that different um from that range of the draft so absolutely i would love to move down um see what edge rushers down there in that selection area see what tackles down there in that area maybe a defensive lineman and uh swing away and the best thing you could do here, in my opinion, is accumulate 2023 draft capital. This is, again, we're assuming the Broncos haven't traded for a quarterback. They still have the ninth pick. But uh, if there's not a quarterback in this class that you love and you're trading down, you need to kick a can, in a sense, with the excess capital that you have this season and give yourself a another shot next season. Right? If you don't have the extra first round picks and the draft capital and the cap space, you don't have a seat at the table when it comes to the quarterback position, unless you suck so bad that you draft one of the first overall, second overall, this Broncos team is too much talent to be there next year. And uh, it's honestly a pretty surprising they're even here at nine this season, uh, they get there because of a lot of tiebreakers with strength of schedule. So we'll see what happens, but I would love to trade down uh, Mark, unless there's a follower there. Like if, if uh, the Broncos absolutely love Kyle Hamilton, and he's sitting there at nine, Take the dude, right? Like he if if he's it's about getting special players, um. In the end, as if the Rams have taught us anything, superstars do matter. Um. So, if you have a superstar that you love, chance there at nine, yes. But I just don't see it happening. I would be looking to trade back. Uh. Okay. Let's keep it going. Uh. We got uh, Dwi guys. Ethan coming in, twenty five dollars. Thank you so much, Ethan. I'm gonna take a sip real quick that's probably, that's probably going to be great for the audio, uh, podcast, everyone <laughs> hearing me enjoy my coffee. maybe you have guys have to drink too. Then, uh, how do we like boyamafe after Saturday, liked him before Saturday, like him after Saturday. And, uh, Scott shared this one, talk about bend and depth and length and fluidity and ankle flexion. I mean, oh, the whole band. So here's the, it's the hoop drill here. You have to pick up the glove with one hand, drop it in the opposite one, spin around and, uh, drop the other glove and hit the, the other hoop. So, boy, Amafi, length, uh, power, bend, uh, still pretty raw as a player, a little bit of versatility. I think he came in and measured about 6'4", 6'3", Scott, I have to correct me on the 6'4", 6'3", 255", 260. So, he's he's got some size to him, and I think he's got the frame to even add more weight. I mean, look at the base. There, there could definitely be a little bit more muscle on there. So, exp- Scott, play this one one more time. I just want to see. This is This is incredible fluidity. Boom, boom. I mean, he's not... <laughs> He barely even has to bend over to pick those up. Look at that length. It's amazing. Um, God, he's such he's such a fun player. I don't know where he's gonna go in the draft. I think you could get him end of round two, mid-round three. And hell yeah, sign me up. I know some people like, like Nick Benito and some other guys, but Boy Mafe not only has the the burst, but he's got a little bit of punch to him as well and some uh, some good pass rush moves. So it really hurts me uh to speak well of any golden gopher given they are uh, probably the team I hate fourth most in college football, rocking my Iowa stuff today, but boy, is a good player. Uh, thank you, Scott, for sharing that. Make sure you guys check out Scott's channel on youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. Uh, so you can see all of the senior bowl cutups that he has. He's done a lot of work, still working it on, uh, still working on a lot of it. Uh, yeah. 82 inch wingspan for boy. He's still working on the hands there, but he's got a good, uh good uppercut to get around that tackle there. And uh, you saw it on, you saw it on Sun or saturday as well can dip under some tackles and get under them flatten out flatten the curve and flatten the curve flatten around the curve and get after the quarterback so uh loving the broncos for breakfast cap yeah i mean we always had those ones on but i think maybe the screens were too small that uh, you couldn't see it before but yeah this is in the store so make sure you guys check it out um back to the quarterback rankings here oh that's my name nick kendall welcome in guys broncos for breakfast riding semi-solo today was uh scott working in the background. Um, Number four for me, it's maybe a little bit of a hot take, but I'm, you know what? This is me just making a hot take to be a hot take. I think he maybe had the best film of a lot of these quarterbacks coming to this year, but I thought his arm looked appreciably different, um, in the senior bowl. And this is the kind of things where it's like, what's going on here. I'm going to go Kenny Pickett. Number four. Um, he is going to be 24 years old next year. The oldest quarterback. Uh, In this class, he's older than Mac Jones, who was the oldest quarterback in last year's class. Some people will say that doesn't matter for the quarterback position, but you're talking about three or four years of uh, reps intelligence gathered. So he's going to come in and be more day one ready, but I'm not drafting a flipping quarterback in the first round for what they do year. one. that's, stupid beyond belief um so kenny pickett number four for me the ball just did did not look good for me at the senior bowl in weather conditions were poor i thought that the the snap from the football wasn't very good either uh coming out of it um some of you guys know you throwing against there he looks great there scott thank you to pull up the kenny pickett make sure you check out scott's channel so you can see these guys uh but um ball did not come out very well refused to even get his hands measured and for you guys at home that don't know this the nfl ball is bigger It's bigger than the college football. Um, It's not only is it fatter, like rounder. It's a little bit longer as well. So NFL football is different. Um, Gripping the football is a little bit different. And uh, Kenny Pickett having to wear a glove in good weather at Pittsburgh to run the offense and to grip the ball had a little bit of trouble um, with the ball coming out of his hands. And I don't want to give this guy the the kiss of death, um, but the two gloves, the small hands, the oh, he won the interviews. People love, love the dude. This is just screaming. <laughs> this is just screaming Teddy Bridgewater. Kenny Pickett being Teddy Bridgewater. Uh not super impressed with the arm talent. I think he's got enough mobility, but it's really, it really lines up uh pre-knee injury Teddy Bridgewater for me. So he's fine. I think he'd be a f- good scheme fit, honestly, for what um the quick pass game and a lot of the under center stuff that uh Pickett, Pickett was throwing against Air. So that was dimes. Those were those were pennies, Jeremy. Come on. <laughs> but um I just not super duper impressed. I think he's fine. Um, I think, he, and again, six to one is not that far apart for me uh, in this class. So I'm just not the biggest fan. I'm going to have some other guys over him. I'm going to bet on upside and traits of the quarterback position because ninety nine percent of the time, that's what's working for these quarterbacks that have been drafted in the last decade. Um, a lot of those superstar guys have superstar traits. The only one that doesn't is Joe Burrow, and I I don't think Kenny Pickett is Joe Burrow. I don't think he has the uh, downfield arm ability or the athleticism slash pocket instinct. Uh, Kenny Pickett, I think he has a little bit of, as I think it was Lance Zerline put it, uh, he has a little bit of battle scars from playing in the pocket um, and getting out of the pocket and uh, not trusting his blockers. Sometimes he's dipping his eyes and looking to escape out the back end. Um, So why is he four? I, I can't tell if I'm talking to him up too far or down too far for you. Um, he's he can read the defense pretty well. He's got pretty good accuracy and timing underneath. Um, he's a good enough athlete. Um, he's definitely intelligent. I think he makes the right read a lot of times. So, yeah, somebody got to give Nick a super so he can drink. Um, so I think Kenny Pickett is fine. Definitely not a guy I'm taking in the top 10. I think he, where did Teddy Bridgewater go in the draft? Was he number 32 overall? You guys can let me know in the chat, or Scott can let me know in the private chat there. 32 overall for, uh, Teddy Bridgewater coming out in the what the 2012 draft, 2014 draft or something like that. Um, that's that's where he goes. That, that's that's probably where he should go. In a normal draft class, betcha that's about where he goes, Round pick 25 to 40. Not a normal draft class this year. It's not very good uh at the top. So I'm thinking Teddy Bridgewater could go around there. And he did go 32 overall. So memory serving me correctly. Um, he just, yeah, he's he's fine. Um, I think if you're you're drafting him and you're hoping best case scenario. Kirk cousins. Right. And that's, I'm not a quarterback in the first round who I hope becomes Kirk cousins. Kirk if Kirk cousins is a four. I'm in that's, that's a great floor, but the ceiling. Ah, I don't know. And again, guys, important caveat here. Quarterbacks hard to evaluate. I could be totally off base here and it's really hard to predict the future. Um, see it time and time again. So who knows, but I'm just doing, doing the best I can with the information I've compiled and, uh, putting it out there for you guys and pick apart. I say, pick apart, uh, go ahead. I'm, I'm all about it. Number three for me coming in here, I'm going to go with Sam Howell, the youngest quarterback in this draft class. Sturdy, uh, came in six foot, uh, 220 pounds. I mean, he's thick like a running back. Doesn't have the twitch like a running back uh, when you see Malik Willis run. Um, But, yeah, Sam Howell, he's got much more natural arm talent, bigger hands. I think a better athlete, a more sturdy athlete than Kenny Pickett. And he's three years younger than uh, Kenny Pickett as well. So you're talking about a guy, he's almost going to be done with his rookie contract by the time he's Kenny Pickett's age. So I think that age does matter for the quarterback. Some people, quarterbacks can play until they're 40, but there is a, there's kind of a line graph where, or a like a crossing line graph where you have the quarterback's physical tools start to diminish and you need their intelligence, uh, their awareness, their processing ability to take over when their physical schools start or physical tools start to diminish. Um, and I think that's a possibility. You're going to see that earlier, obviously with an older quarterback. So you're just giving yourself a little bit more time and leeway with the quarterbacks development curve. If you're taking a guy who's slightly younger, especially when it's three years different for a quarterback entering the class, that's, that's significant. Um, Howell's only 21 years old, but he has a lot of reps on tape. He also is, for being 21 years old, an intelligent kid. He wouldn't have been at the Senior Bowl unless he graduated. So he graduated in three years at North Carolina, which I think says something. And uh, I also think that his, uh, I think Sam Howell is a bit of a gamer as well. I think he's extremely tough. You're going to have to work with him. You're going to have to be a little bit patient with him as far as his, uh, his development early on, I believe because Phil Luongo, the offensive scheme, Howell was running at North Carolina is kind of deep ball and then drop the eyes and tuck and run. He be- essentially became a running option for them for North Carolina because their offensive line was so bad. They decided the best way to run the ball was with empty sets. Uh, but I think Howell has something. And because he's only 21 with the prerequisite arm talent with the size, uh, he intrigues me a bit. Um, no doubt. And I, I, Honestly, Howell and Pickett are neck and neck for me. Um, but I wanted to be a little bit spicy here. I'm gonna and I'm very much a believer in the traits and tools, so I'm gonna have to uh lean into him. Um, and Jeremy's saying that if Howell would have sat out this year, he'd be a top three pick. Um, yeah. Yep, that's saying something. Um, so let's move on here to uh next guy. And Andrew Williamson coming in here saying, and how you get athleticism and intangibles. I think he's extremely intelligent. I don't know or I think he's extremely tough. I don't know how good he is at processing the field. He is only 21 years old, so he's got a lot of time to develop still, but um, he's fine. Um, And also Andrew saying, I want Sam Howell at nine, end of story. Too rich for me. Um, I would love to trade back up into the very end of round one to get that fifth year option, assuming it's not too expensive and take a swing on Kenny Pickett or a Sam Howell in the 25 to 32 range. I think that would be fine, um, assuming (laughs) That you're not stuck with those quarterbacks. That investment doesn't mean you're draining the net or spending the next three years for that quarterback without looking to upgrade the position. That would be a terrible move, um, for those quarterbacks, in my opinion. But uh, I would be interested in them, um, for sure. And uh, we got Doug Freeland coming in here saying. <coughs> Excuse me, guys. Um, isn't Howell on the short side? He's over six foot, so he is a little bit shorter than your prerequisite quarterback. Uh, you know, your standard would be six three to six four. Would I love it if he was an inch taller? Sure, but it's not like he is short and tiny framed. He's he's got cakes, man. He he's he's thick. 220, he runs like a running back. So uh, I think he's a little bit thicker than even Baker Mayfield too. Doesn't I didn't see him in college looking like he was having issues seeing over the line of scrimmage. Um, and because he is over six foot, I'm not as worried. If he was under six foot, you know, we can be talking about it. And he also had good enough hands as well. So I think Sam Howell is fine. Um, and it's a lot of people compare him to Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield came out old too. He was already 24 as a rookie as well. So Sam Howell is pretty young still. Uh, so I think, and I think he had the second best arm down in mobile as well. And I thought he was the most consistent quarterback down in mobile from a play to play, uh, perspective. So. Sam Howell, I know that Lance, again, talking about Lancer, I gave him a fourth round grade on the tape. I think the tape is very up and down, but he's young and we're projecting here. It's about projecting what they will become, not what they exactly are in the moment. Um, number two for me, speaking of number two, I need to have some coffee. Ah, number two, Matt Corral. Um, Matt Corral is a very fun quarterback. He is the twitchy. Uh, I was gonna say a twitchy quarterback. He's not the twitchy quarterback, but he's extremely twitchy. Um, sometimes when that quarterback, I'm looking for. I'm talking about quarterbacks specifically. The athleticism that you want is the twitch. It's the ability to be jittery in the pocket, to step up quickly, to make those sudden violent movements in a short space, uh, to climb the pocket, to escape the pocket, to get out of reach of an edge rusher. Boy Mafe coming around the edge with an 82 inch uh, arm length or a wingspan, 82 inch arm length. Oh my god, uh, wingspan. Um, so I think Matt Corral has that in spades. Uh, he is really, really, um, quick twitch athletic. Uh, and he has a good enough arm. I don't think it's an absolute howitzer. And we got spoiled this year with all the quarterbacks down there at the senior bowl, getting to see them throw side by side, one after another, to really get an idea of the arm talent. I wish we could have gotten Matt Corral down there to see his, uh, to see what he looked like in comparison to the, some of these other arms. Um, but he's got a good enough arm talent. I think he's got good, a good deep ball as well. Why is not Matt Corral not higher? Um, I think that again, it's the, the offense he runs. It's so hard to watch. If you're going to go out and like watch Matt Corral highlight tapes, you're going to have a good time, but like watching Ole Miss play it's RPO, uh, glance on the backside, uh, quarterbacks draws over and over again of um, screens, so many screens, so many underneath quick one read throws. That is just, it's not the, it's not replicatable for the NFL game right now. I think we kind of saw the dolphins try to do that with Tua last year, but th- mixed success at best uh there. So macro, I think he's got a good enough arm, um, to do. It. It's not amazing, but it's fine. I think he's a good athlete. I think you could do a lot of stuff with him, whether it be under center with the boots, um, maybe even using some, uh, quarterback pocket movement kind of stuff. But he had, I think it was 55 designed runs, designed runs, not screen or yeah, I think 55 designed runs at Ole Miss. My number could be off there. Either way, the point is he is a he's got a thin base. He's a very skinny, small quarterback on the lower end. I think he's gonna come out 6'2, six, 6'1. Six, but he is so scrawny at the bottom that I worry about his durability with his play style. He's tough as nails, he is aggressive when he has the ball on his hands, he's looking to run guys over. But Corral, buddy, you are just you're the quarterback. You need to slide, you need to not take a hit, and I worry about him having the the durability in the lower body to play over an eight 18 game se- uh, 17 game season. I just don't know if he has that in him. And we saw that we've seen it with some of these smaller quarterbacks over this last year, even, you know, right. Starting off really hot, uh, Russell Wilson this year, but, uh, Kyler Murray is one that comes to mind. Um, some of these smaller based court are these smaller quarterbacks, but these base quarterbacks, I don't know if they have enough thickness and strength in their base sometimes to overcome the, the dings and bruises that you're going to get over a long season. So Matt Corral, a little thin in the base for me, a little slight as uh, Jeremy says here. Um, I think he's got good touch though. He's got good accuracy and he has, if we're upgrading Moxie on this quarterback position this year, Matt Corral's number one, that dude is spicy. He's a lot of fun in that regard. I would love, I would be fine taking him in the 15 to 30 range. I think he's again slightly graded higher. Um, But, uh, I think he has better arm talent than Teddy Bridgewater too, but the the frame is the concern there with uh, Corral for sure. Fine quarterback. He did clean up his interceptions last year, um, which is great, but I'm curious to see how much that changes when the offense asks to make him more tight window throws than we saw at Ole Miss last year. So again, this was with Howell and Corral specifically, those guys' offense are really hard to replicate uh, NFL-style reps to the next level. You see the flashes of the arm talent. You see the flashes of uh, solid athleticism but I do not know if they are. It's not like watching Trey Lance or Justin Fields last season or even uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence, you know, the arm talent and the athleticism. Just just not that combination of those guys. So uh, we'll keep it going here. We're already at 30 minutes, so, man, I am killing it right now. I'm doing great. Thanks, guys. Thank you, everybody, for your support. (laughs) I'm going to take a drink here real quick before we get to our last guy and I'll let Scott peruse to see if we have any super chats. Hold, bear with me. Ah, thank God. So good. Love coffee. Uh, Colton Moore, $5. Over on YouTube. Thank you so much, Colton. I'm personally worried about our linebacking core. All right, let's hear it. If we can't develop guys or draft decent prospects, we're going to have a tight ends running all over us. Colton, thank you so much for your super. I don't recognize the name Colton Moore, so thank you so much for joining us today. Hope you have a great rest of your Monday. And again, thanks for the question. Yeah, the linebacker core is definitely a concern for the Broncos on the surface right now, but I would be shocked beyond belief beyond all belief. If the Broncos didn't bring in at least one veteran plug and play linebacker um, in free agency this off season. So you already have Baron Brown in here. You already have Justin Stranod. I know that's a little bit tongue in cheek for uh, for you folks last season who were banging the drum frame. And I'm like, Oh, let's wait and see how it looks. Didn't look so good. Um, But you have Brown in here already as a baseline. If he's one of you, you should pencil in Brown in as a starting next year. starter next year unless something dramatically changes with the scheme um so you have one there you bring in a veteran too i think also you can see one being drafted but this is a year to draft one day too it's a lot of good talent uh really deep class at the linebacker spot as well i was really impressed with uh, chad muma troy anderson asamoa um from oklahoma down at the senior bowl all those guys really stood out to me uh jake lucetta i think it's jake it's lucetta who's more of an Sam heavy edge rusher type, but another guy who played off ball linebacker at Penn state. Interesting as well. Penn state has a linebacker, uh, Brandon Smith, who's extremely talented. There's a, there's a lot of day two talent at the linebacker position this season. Um, to your point though, about tight ends running all over us. I think that's a little bit of just where the Broncos play that we have that concern and a little bit of uh, scar tissue. We obviously remember George Kittle killing us, Travis Kelsey for years and years, but like Travis Kelsey is getting his, no matter who he's going up against the only team in the NFL, that I think that's had some success slowing down the Travis Kelsey's of the world is the chargers when they have Derwin James. And that's a team of one, right? The Derwin James is a, the only guy who does what he does. Uh, so tight ends running all over us. That would stink too. We also do have the data that um, EPA per target. Um, for, sorry guys, I have to reference EPA. It's expected points added. Uh, tight end is the third lowest in terms of average EPA per target in the NFL. So it's, uh, you, you could probably guess it. Boundary receiver, far and away. EPA is way higher than anything else. Boundary receiver, slot receiver, tight end, running back. So targets have to go somewhere. If I can keep the, uh, the opposing team from killing me with their boundary receivers and their slot wide receiver and they're funneling targets to the tight end instead, I'll take that schematically every time now it's tough when you have Darren wall it's tough when you have travis kelsey i would love some more speed and athleticism at the second level of the defense for broncos the broncos but um i'm not super duper worried about tight end other than the fact of the players that you have in the division already so we'll see what they do uh maybe the broncos have a shift schematically to bring in more of a a lighter linebacker that's the the coverage type or maybe they just keep doing what they're doing and play with two safeties high and say, if you're going to throw to the tight end and underneath, we think you're going to mess up at some point, uh, whether it be with a penalty or an incompletion, and you're not going to get explosive pass plays yards after the catch with your tight end. So um, I'm go ahead, make my day. Throw it to the tight end instead of throwing it to your wide receivers. I'll take it. Uh, Peter Middleton coming in saying, possible to match some teams to some of your quarterbacks in your list? Oh man, Peter, I would... Ask me again on another day. We can get to this, but I would have to like go through a list and that would not be very good live television for me to do as I'm like trying to figure out which matches which and thinking about the scheme and researching. So it would have to do a little bit more work on the back end of that one. Um, Let me think any teams that would have a young, I mean, Scott maybe would be not in love with this one, but like Malik Willis needing two years and or one or two years, maybe and Matt Ryan's contract situation and the Falcons needing to find some cost control at the quarterback position, probably to correct the, their roster in the direction of their team. Malik Willis would be fun in Atlanta. I don't know if it's the best pick in the world for them, um, but one that I would be interested in for them for sure. And also with how much a uh, too tight end moving pockets kind of stuff you're going to see there from them. Um, the play action plays with Malik Willis there. Ooh, that'd be a lot of fun. I would be hell I'd be playing with the Falcons on Madden, just like I did during the Michael Vick days. it'll be a lot of fun. So maybe there, um, we got Andrew Lampy coming in. Thank you, Peter, for the question. Ask it again. Um, we'll be great. Andrew lamp coming in. Good morning. All we'll have to watch later, but thanks, Nick. Who was the woman acting like Stephen Curry on Iowa? Pretty imp- impressive. Oh, um, I think her last name is Clark. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I do not watch much uh, Iowa basketball. I'm totally an Iowa super fair weather basketball fan. I'm a diehard with the football. I'll tune in for the wrestling sometimes too, because kind of have to. Um, but for the, Iowa's had like back-to-back players um, on the women's team who have been incredible. You had Megan Gustafson and uh, Kate, I want to say Caitlin Clark, who has been incredible as well. So uh, thanks for the question. Go Hawks, go Iowa. Um, and we got Lawrence Rivera. Ah, Nick, go longer today. I just came in, JK, JK. I'll be getting out of here in about, 10, 5, five 10 minutes. We got to do the wrap up still. I need to drink my coffee. So uh, <laughs> I had a, a few adult beverages yesterday and I am exhausted. I also woke up at 4 a.m. to do a very hard hike. So I'm, I am a little tired as they say. Um, but let's keep at it here. I'm gonna take one more swig of coffee here before I get into my final quarter back here. Ah, thank you guys so much for bearing with me today. Hopefully the show is a good format here. It's obviously always better and easier. And you have two people you can bounce back and forth. I miss Scott, Scott working in the back end. What are you doing, Scott? Throwing off my day, but uh, wanted to still give you guys a show and appreciate the 200 people that are in here. It's on my side, I see 200 people, but only 20 likes. So, uh, hey, if you haven't dropped a like or a heart or anything yet, what are you doing? Help me out. I'm I'm struggling here, I haven't had my coffee, I've, I'm, I'm a little hungover. <laughs> Help a brother out. Um, <clears throat> I'm dying. Um, last quarterback for me, number one overall. I'm going Malik Willis. Um, I'm betting on the traits. I know that the Broncos are a team that maybe you want a quarterback that can come in and play year one. And it is definitely a situation where it's boom or bust with Malik Willis, no doubt. But I, I believe in drafting the quarterback, especially in the top half of the first round. It's not about getting on base. It's not about drawing the walk or getting hit by the pitch. It is about swinging for the fences and hitting a home run drafting a quarterback in the top half of the first round is a home run Derby event. And if you hit it short of the fence, it's an out, it's not good enough. So I'm swinging for the fences. And for me, the guy who's swinging for the fences in this class, Malik Willis. Oh my gosh, Scott, that was an awesome play. I don't know if you saw that one guys, um, just to show the arm talent, um, here, Sam Howell releases the ball first Malik Willis and Sam Howell's ball reaches at the same time. Boom, boom, same time. Okay. Malik Willis stronger arm. Wham, bam. Um uh, very fun quarterback, Malik Willis. We saw it in the game, a dynamic running threat through and through. I mean, honest to God, folks, if Malik Willis didn't ever throw another pass in the game, he would make money in the NFL as a running back. He has that kind of vision. He has that kind of frame. He has that kind of athleticism where he is just tough to bring down. Are you tired of the Broncos getting in, you know, second and 14s because the quarterback got tripped up in a sack? Malik Willis is going to escape that pocket. And either pick up 10 or 15 yards or throw it down the field. Um, so um, best arm in this class, highest uh, miles per hour of any quarterback ever uh, measured at the combine, both the highest velocity recorded and the highest average velocity, and also extremely good athletes. So, um, man, he is a lot of fun. Now, there's a little bit of concern for him. He is probably going to need a little bit of time to go through it. His lower body mechanics are a little bit static at some times. Um, I don't love the feet, especially in the drop back game specifically. Um, I don't think he's always in balance and delivering uh replicatable throws. So that's something he's going to have to have some work on. And I don't think that he is hundred percent. Ooh, that was some steam. Um, I don't think he is a hundred percent as far as a going through the progressions type of process or quarterback right now. Personally, if I was drafting Malik Willis, I think that what the 49ers did with Trey Lance this year, was perfect, and you should do the exact same thing with Malik Willis as you saw with uh, Trey Lance this last season. He should not see the field. He should not see the field, period. Why is that? I think that while Malik Willis could live in the league as a one or like half field read, you know, high, low, tuck and run kind of quarterback in the NFL, um, that really limits his ceiling. He needs to be a quarterback who, instead of the answers on his test going from first reads not there, drop my eyes and go escape the pocket. He needs to be sticking in the pocket, going through multiple reads. And because of its athleticism, because it helped them win games early on, um, he developed some habits where he hasn't had to go through his progressions like he would in the NFL. So you want to just kind of rewire some of that stuff in his head, And I think that needs to happen by being very patient with him um, and not playing him his rookie season. So that way he is instead of ducking his eyes and running, which we saw a lot at uh, Liberty because he could against those athletes he was playing against. And also because he was throwing to future Penske workers at at Liberty at receiver. um, Then uh, that's the kind of guy that you want. You probably early on a little bit of patience with him, but people were raving about him at the senior bowl. They didn't say that he was, you know, the best interview like Kenny Pickett was, but he was leading a lot of the drills. Um, he was hyping some guys up. Um, seemed like a lot of the coaches that were working with him were really enjoying working with him as well. Um, And I see Biggie Bronco comparing him to Tebow. Malik Willis's arm release is night and day different than Tebow. Tebow had just a, woo, I'm going to throw the ball. <laughs> this looked like a shot putting or something, just terrible, huge wind up, slow and uh not, super accurate. I think Malik Willis's releases much cleaner, uh, much more compact, much more replicatable. Um, so replicable. That's the word. Excuse me. Um, I'm in science. I should know the word replicable, um, but <clears throat> I really um, am interested in Willis. Would I take him in the top 10? Yes, but he would have to with flying colors past the intangibles. That's the thing about evaluating quarterbacks from where Scott and I sit and you guys sit as well. Um, all the tools in the world, don't mean a lick if the guy is lazy or not intelligent. Um, and not that Malik Willis isn't those things. I just don't know. I don't know that's about Howell. I don't know that about Kenny Pickett. It's all hearsay. I'm not getting to sit there with my coaches, putting them up on the whiteboard and seeing what the process is. It sounds like Malik Willis is a very uh, fun personality to be around. I think he is definitely, from what I've heard, has enough uh, going on in the intangible sides that you should, that if they took a swing, I could buy in. But again, that's hearsay. It scares me a bit because I'm not sitting there talking to these kids exactly. Um, but Willis. So I, again, I'll go from six to one uh, Carson strong, number six, number five, Desmond Ritter, number four, Kenny Pickett, number three, Sam Howell, number two, Matt Corral, number one, uh, Malik Willis. Also a little um, something that I heard from multiple people coming out of the senior bowl is that the winner from down in the senior bowl was Matt Corral, uh, which is never what you want to hear when the quarterback who was not even at the event um is the team or the, uh, is the quarterback who raises his stock the most. That's a bad thing to hear because that means that none of those quarterbacks really separated themselves and you are hoping and praying that the quarterback wasn't there. That wasn't there was a better option would look better than what you saw. So again, um, I'd like all these quarterbacks a lot. I like them. I don't love them. I think the Broncos, as Peyton said, uh, they're going to do the uh, work in this class. They're going to look at the guys and they will hopefully add some talent Um, and if they can't find one, they'll go the veteran route or the free agent route. I think that's the way the Broncos are going to go. Also, the the Broncos roster is made. This is a plug and play roster for a good quarterback. One of these quarterbacks coming in here in the draft, you're talking about, it's more about 2023, 2024 than it is 2022. So it just doesn't really line up with a lot of the Broncos core players right now. Um, so we'll see how it plays out. Um, a lot of process left, uh, really fun to talk about these guys with you today. Thank you for all of the. Uh, fun questions as well. Um, We appreciate you guys so much. I'm going to wrap it up here pretty soon, but first we're going to make sure we get to all the supers. And if you guys have any questions, make sure you hit us up. Um, Quick swig of coffee before I get to this last round of supers. I lied. I need a second swig. Ah, man. Thank you, guys. Lawrence coming in. Thank you so much, Lawrence. See, we did stick around for you. Let it be known. Uh, Lawrence said, oh, no, I just got here. Don't go, Nick. I did it for Lawrence. I stuck around. <laughs> um, who would be the best duo if you're able to draft them no matter the position? Who would be the best duo? Are you talking about the quarterback position? Um, I'm not sure what you're asking. Who would be the best duo if you're able to draft them no matter the position? Best duo. Um, okay. Uh, the best duo, Derek Singley and Patrick Sertan. Um <laughs> I, they, those two guys together, assuming Derek Stingley's foot is healthy, um, would be incredible. No, I don't think there'd be many teams in the league that would have the height, weight, speed, man coverage, press on the boundary that you would with Stingley and Sertan. You could run defense. Uh, you know how much I don't like the single high defense. But like honestly, you could work in some cover one man or some uh, cover one with the uh, a quarterback spy with a linebacker and you'd be okay. I really think you'd be okay. Um, if you had those two cornerbacks that are that good, um, on the boundary, um, in man coverage. So that's one that would intrigue me a lot. I'm not sure. I hope, hope that answers your question there. If you're talking about pairing a quarterback in this class, um, I think that maybe the, we need to see what the Vikings do with their quarterback situation, but maybe pairing a Kenny Pickett with a Kirk cousins, just stylistically would be, uh, make some sense, be some fun. I think, um, the Eagles, uh, the Eagles are right now in a really interesting philosophical spot um, in my opinion, because they have three first round picks and not a great class. And they have a good young cost controlled quarterback, but is he going to be elite? Jalen hurts. He looks fine. I don't think he's elite. They have three first round picks. They should swing again at the quarterback position. So I would be interested in them swinging on a Kenny Pickett on a Sam Howell on a Malik Willis there with pick 15 or 16 or I want to say 21. Is there other one? If there's a quarterback there they should swing away again. Um, I think that'd be a great use of resources. You have another cost control benefit, uh, quarterback and you'd be adding talent to the room. You could probably trade Jalen Hurts after next season for a second and replenish the room again um, and still only be paying a quarterback a rookie contract. So that's one that interests me a bit. Um, Jelly coming in $2 saying, trade two thirds for Kirk and draft Malik, please. Hashtag MHH. Interesting. Um, I don't hate it. Honestly, I know that there's going to be a lot of uh, upset people with Kirk Cousins being an option. And, you know, you can say what you will about him being a, a weirdo and some of his homophobic comments in the past and some stuff just not great. But uh, Kirk Cousins is a pretty good quarterback, and I'm a believer that we just saw this last year. And it's not the same extent, but situation does matter for the team success with the quarterback. Wins are a team award. Obviously, the quarterback helps a lot, but it's still a team uh, accolade. And I think... Kirk cousins coming to Denver. You could get to the playoffs next year. And once you get in the playoffs, anything can happen. Just ask the Bengals this year who have been underdogs in the last two games and ended up winners. If you get in, you have a chance in single elimination tournament. Um, So that would interest me a bit trading for Kirk cousins though, probably lends itself to a new contract for Kirk cousins. And that scares me because I am not looking to pay him 35 million a year for five years. That's just not for me. Um, if he wants to come in here and be paid $30 million a year, where the last two years are essentially uh, team options, you can move on from him. Maybe. I think he's a great scheme fit. Obviously, you have Clint Kubiak here, who is now the quarterback coach, of the offensive uh, pass game coordinator, who was the offensive coordinator and the quarterback coach for Kirk Cousins in the past. A lot of things uh, dot connecting there, um, I would say. But we'll see. Um, Jay Milzo Ryan, $5 over on YouTube. Thank you so much, Jay. Uh, you think we should try for Jermaine Johnson at nine or perhaps get Sauce Gardner from University of Cincinnati to help us with the quarterbacks in our division? No fly zone back in Denver. Um, I really like Jermaine Johnson. His tape is a little bit, he's a really long, strong athlete. I do not think he is a top 10 pick caliber player. I don't think he has the the pure juice that you're looking for at the edge rushing position um, that typically you see for a top 10 player. Like if you put his film side by side with, Say Kayvon Thibodeau, I don't think he has the same level of get-off, which is probably the biggest thing. Also, the fluidity. Uh, He's not as powerful or twitched up, in my opinion, as Aiden Hutchinson. Definitely doesn't have the get-off that uh, David Ojabo has, but Jermaine Johnson is going to be really good. I think he's going to go anywhere from uh, 14 to 22 in that range. Maybe in a normal draft class, he'd be closer to the back end of the first round to early second. But again, don't have the top of the talent in this year's class. Uh, So, is what it is. Uh, Travis, I really like Jermaine Johnson though. Definitely a first rounder, good player, transferred from Georgia, had a heck of a year. Um, You could do a lot worse than him. And the Broncos need an investment in the edge room. It's not just, Broncos need an edge next year, but they they have to come out of this draft with an edge starter for 2023. Because after 2022, Bradley Chubb hits free agency, Malik Reed hits free agency. You never want to be in a position where you have that big of a hole at a position like edge rusher um going into it so you need to give yourself a an option who is developing rotational this year set to be a starter in 2023 travis tarbox morning nick thought you weren't having a show this morning i'm here we're having fun i don't know who said no show but uh, scott texted me yesterday maybe no show and i'm like no nah, the people need it everybody needs to tell me happy birthday again because it's still my birthday week Bleeping. damn it no I was like, thank you guys so much no it's a lot of fun wanted to hang out with you guys and uh this starts my Monday and my week off right. So hanging out with you guys. Appreciate all the support too. Um still got two hundred eyeballs in here, which is amazing to me because I don't think I could listen to myself talk this long. So you guys are incredible. Um thirty eight likes too. After I asked for the uh where is it at? There we go. After we asked for the the likes and hearts over there, you guys called an answer. If you haven't done it yet though, boom, make sure you do it. Um Lawrence Rivera. Which two people can we draft that would complement each other? Well, if we can, a linebackers, running back, quarterback, just which two would work well. Okay, uh, I understand your question now. Two players who would work well together in this class for the Broncos. Um, in tandem, I think a fun one would be adding uh, Ika Mekwanu at right tackle for the Broncos. Will he be there at nine? I'm skeptical, but um, that would be amazing. And then uh, either round three or round four, Jeremy Ruckert. Um, he was probably, in my opinion, the most impressive tight end at the senior bowl. I know that Trey McBride looks a little bit more fluid in space, I think, but I think record is more. Uh, he's got more Twitch and he is one of the best blocking tight ends in this class. He blocks like it's personal. Um, watching a lot of Ohio state this year, big 10 Homer over here. Uh, he was the reason that uh freshman phenom Henderson Uh, had a lot of great blocks sprung to the outside because Jeremy Ruckert's doing the work. So you put Ruckert uh, blocking as your second tight end or your third two-eye, I I guess, because Alberto on while he didn't improve, he's still not a true, you know, dominant wide uh, tight end. Along with Ike McQuanu, you might have some fun stuff there with the zone stretch. Um, That'd be a lot of fun uh, to have. So we'll see. Um, DWI guys coming back in. $50. I'm keeping it all, Scott. Sorry. Uh, No, great, great show, birthday boy. Well done. The closer. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. I knew we were only going to go said we were only going to go half hour, but uh, here we are blabbing away. Um, appreciate you guys so much. You guys are amazing. Um, going to have to get on out of here because I got to get the dog to a grooming appointment and then get on to work. Um, Travis said uh, Chad said last night, happy birthday, by the way, young one. Well, so, thank you, Chad. I know that he posted that a uh, funny uh, stepbrothers picture of us, um, those were during that picture of my face cutout then was during my fat days. So uh, I do not look the best in that photo. <laughs> but uh that's okay. Um shows me where I've come, dropping about, you know, 25, 30 pounds uh since though since that picture was taken. Um but thank you so much, Ethan. We appreciate you so much um for supporting us. We appreciate everybody so much for supporting us on the show. Um, but we do got to get on out of here. I need to get some more coffee. Um Travis coming in. Also, I'm not against Rogers, but I honestly hope we draft a quarterback and develop him. Just get a good quarterback in here by one, if by land two, if by C I don't care, <laughs> bring a good quarterback back to Denver. Let's have some more fun. And I can't wait for the days where quarterback is set and we can be discussing till we're blue in the face about offensive line versus cornerback versus other stuff. But until then we're until the Broncos figure out the quarterback position, we're in the world of suck and going to have to figure it out. Eventually, hopefully they will, um, but there are no guarantees and it's a, it's a tough position to, to figure out. Um, just ask the Bengals who, Won their first playoff game in an eternity in my lifetime this year, but they ran into a franchise quarterback, with the first pick. Thank you guys, everybody, for the happy birthdays, too. Man, you guys are great. Um, we'll see if Scott's back together back tomorrow. We'll talk later. Um, no reason to make a decision on that right now. If not, I'll be back for sure. We appreciate you guys so much. Make sure you're following me on Twitter down here. <laughs> I think down there, yep, at a Kendall MHH. Also, follow Scott at scout kennedy while you guys are over there on youtube follow us at huddle up pod and at mile high huddle if you guys like uh, peter call out the hat earlier broncos for breakfast um i don't know if you can see there's maybe some drool here Uh, dog was running around with it this morning he's too cute to get mad at though so uh, but if you guys like the hat um HuddleUpPod.com. check it out uh if you guys are on facebook make sure you're joining our communities there if you have not done so already facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. Then um, this has been a personal testament of mine. If you guys hung out with me so far today, please go to iTunes, Apple podcasts and leave a five-star rating. Say Nick hung over. Yes. Nick hung over after not getting any sleep the night before came on and did an hour show by himself. God bless it. He deserves five stars for the birthday boy. I'm asking you, please <laughs> go to Apple iTunes. uh, Leave us a five-star rating and a comment. That would mean a lot to me. Um, think about it as a gift to me you don't have to do a super chat just go to go there and do that for me um if you're on youtube please subscribe like and share um we appreciate you guys so much i'm sure i'm sure scott will be back uh tomorrow if not you know we'll touch base but we'll be here um i appreciate scott so much for hanging out and coming in today and working the background because let me tell you that the fact that i was able to do this show talking by myself today is only because scott was able to work the chat and uh pull up Relevant takes and pull up clips from the senior bowl that he took as well. So, uh, it would be impossible to scroll through the chat and have this conversation as well while doing that. So, thank you so much, Scott. Uh, thank you guys, everyone, as well. Hope you guys have a great Monday. Um, February 7th going to be a great one, and uh, we will see you guys tomorrow night. Uh, make sure you guys hang out tonight. Also, we'll be in here for uh, huddle up pot, not us, but Chad and Zach. So, see you later. Have a good Monday. Choose kindness. Don't forget to be awesome. Go Broncos.